This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. And to the Helderberg we go because we get to connect with Alma Pollard, Executive Director of The Green Time. She's an eco-consultant and a coach. And today we get to talk about stuff that you might know about if you are anywhere around the M5 near the N2 interchange and somebody that's not driving that maybe has been looking around at the beautiful scenery says, what's that thing there in the water? Well, Alma's going to tell us and there's a story about it on the Green Times. Are you well, Alma? I'm good, yes. And I'm very happy that we have something called hope here (laughs) because I think we need that at the moment. So, yeah, it's very awesome, this story. It's um, an artist called Fred Dupree from Plumstead who calls himself a river man. And um, it looks like he's been putting up statues like this on on the um, Black River for the past nine years. This particular uh, statue of this woman um, was last seen in 2017, and she was then holding a South African flag. Yes. But she's now been renovated and improved, and she's holding a baby called South Africa. So um, the uh, the artist said, let's hope the infant can grow. (laughs) Wow. So it's about growing in hope. And... um, uh, the previous flag one was placed um, following the fees must fall um, movement. Yes. So there's always, um, this is for me, art with a message. And I've always said that's, uh, that's the function of art. It, it should be activist. Yes. <laughs> it should be commenting on society and, and what is wrong and what needs to happen and so on. Um, so I, I just love this type of thing. Um, and he said that, you know, the winds made, made the installation difficult and, of course, the pollution. Mm. This man's helper is Lindiwe Machaya from Kailicha, and he said, the Statue of Hope is looking out for the Black River and would like to encourage people to do the same. Yeah. So this is, this is great, great fun. Um, the interesting thing is that the, um, the statue also now got a new cement aggregate um, um, float, floating device. So yes. this is cement mixed with recycled polystyrene. In fact, 400 liters of recycled polystyrene beads, which is 10 kilograms from the Cryfontaine Materials Recovery Facility, you know, the mm. MIRFs. We call, call them the MIRFs, which is where all our recycling goes. And there it's then sorted and sent into the industry that uses these recycled recycle. Um, waste that is recyclable and then they recycle it. So the base is 2.4 by 2.4 and it's 200 millimeters thick and it also holds um, PET bottles um, to to help it float. And uh, this reminds me of when I first started Mm. converting my swimming pool to a natural pool. I first had floating iron. I had (laughs) these PET bottles Uh as floating devices at the bottom for this platform on which I grew plants. And the roots of the plants, of course, started the filtration of the pool when I first switched off my my, my, my pool machine. Yes. So, um, yeah, this brings back memories of those bottles as floating devices. And this very same mix can also be used, is also used for building and construction across South Africa. 
So when you're driving along on the M5 near the N2 interchange and you look down at the Black River, what you're really looking for is what looks like a little boat. And this is the base that Elmer's talking about that's filled with the bottles. But then you're going to be seeing a, a, a lady. She's wearing a really big dress. It, it's like it balloons out beautifully. So keep your eyes open. That's what she is. And she's got this headdress and she's holding this little baby. It's quite a haunting statue, actually. I think it's just based on how it's made. Uh, with the polystyrene and the concrete, but uh, you won't miss her. She's got this beautiful big dress on. It's not there are no colours. It's just the original raw uh, cement that you're seeing there. But really is hauntingly beautiful. Have a look down, and you'll see her beautiful. on her floating floating It's an bass. African graduation dress. Mm. So yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, I think it's hopefully will give one an appreciation of the river. And apparently the river quality has improved over the last eight years, but there's still way too much rubbish going down there and, of course, as we know, ending up in the sea. And there's so many of these organizations, NGOs, Alma, the Friends of Black River, getting stuck in. And you've said this, and it's worthwhile mentioning again today. It's all great. We clean up the river downstream. We need to be heading upstream where the education needs to che- we needs to be introduced. So the thinking about garbage and litter, etc., changes. That's the only way the Black River is going to flow clean. Absolutely, one must go like with all disease, because this is a form of disease. We must go to the root. Where is it coming from? It mm. doesn't help you just try and beautify where you live to make it look nice. We need to see why is it happening, what's, what's wrong with the systems upstream and where does it actually come from and how does it actually end up in the river. I uh, haven't got through the whole thing yet, Alma, but been watching Seaspiracy that you mentioned two weeks oh. ago. And uh, it really was quite shocking. Uh, there's obviously the, the number of fishing practices that are very questionable. But one thing that struck me time and time again were those disturbing visuals of plastic one-time use plastic floating in the sea, it, it took me by surprise. I never, we know it's bad, but when somebody goes out of their way to show you how bad it is, it takes your breath away. Yeah, and we do need to see this, because the problem is that the sea is like the last outback. Anything happens there, because there's no cops around to, to police the world. Mm. So it's really such a precious wilderness that needs to be treasured, and of course, uh, you know, we are all responsible. And the, the lack of understanding of how the sea functions in keeping us alive. We think oxygen is, and carbon dioxide is all about the trees, but we forget about the importance of the ocean and the, oh, the, ocean the phytoplankton. The ocean actually plays a bigger role. Mm. Yeah. Well, no, that, no, if we, we can't live without, without the ocean. Being well, a sick ocean will be the end of us. Yeah, so it's time for us to take better care of things. Ach, Alma, how many times have we said these words through the decades? We need to take better care of things, and yet we're still very slow to get on uh, on the right side of doing the right thing. I think there is there is a huge movement into, I mean, just every second person is an environmentalist now, which for me is just really, really awesome. Mm. But ultimately, we need every single person to become an environmentally aware and active person, and I'm hoping that we are heading that way. Elma, before we greet you on this Wednesday morning, what at the moment is your greatest focus as an activist and someone who's actively involved in so many areas like this? We know this isn't your core focus only in your life, but what's your, what's your biggest focus around this at the moment? Well, I think it's important that people are also very much locally active. So I'm involved in conserving the green belt behind my house. I'm involved in trying to get 
funnels built for the frogs where they migrate over the road, you know. So mm. look around in my in my immediate area, you know. <clears throat> I was years ago inspired by the saying of thinking globally, acting locally. Mm. So, you know, whilst we... Con- and then, of course, the big um, conversion of my life mm. to how somehow manage to live lighter every single month. And that is a full-time job because that means you are constantly creating your own systems and changing the way you do things. And it's not just push-button easy. You've Mm. got to figure it out and meet the right people and find the good sources, especially of food. I think that is a very big deal for me to make it healthy for myself and the planet because otherwise it doesn't make sense. What kind of things, as you really push hard for to be more minimalist, uh, what are some of the things that you are, are, are being happy to part with that maybe years ago you would have held on to? Well, there's a, there's a lot of instant gratification things, you mm. know. I mean, you know, just to think, oh, I need this, and off I go and get that. My thought is definitely not that way anymore. I'm thinking, oh, what can I use that's already in the house? Mm. How can I convert what is there and, and and also to do with throwing away stuff. I mean, how can you use the parts? How can you upgrade something? I don't just, just toss. It's a matter of every every item is resources from the planet and has cost the planet to, to grant me. Mm. So I'm going to be looking after every resource as well and not and not hogging unnecessary things. Alma Pollard, an inspiration as always, editor of the Green Times. In fact, uh, she's the executive director of the Green Times, an eco-consultant and a coach, and we just love Alma. Alma, thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Thanks so much, and have an awesome day. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.